Good morning. Good morning and welcome to Preston Hollow Presbyterian Church and to this service of worship on this Mother's Day Sunday. If you are worshiping with us this morning for what is one of the first times, we want to say a special word of welcome to you. We are delighted that you have chosen to worship with us this day. If you are a visitor in our midst, we invite you following worship to head through the doors to your left and into the atrium where you might stop by the welcome desk. There are folks with bright yellow name tags who are there to greet you and also answer any questions that you might have about the life and ministry of this congregation. I do invite all of you to find those blue friendship pads which are located at the end of your rows and if you would take them and sign them and register your presence here with us today. We also invite you to take note of those names of those who are sitting beside you that you might greet one another personally following worship this morning. We also invite you to locate the prayer cards that are in your pew racks and to take those if you have a joy or a concern that you would like to make the pastoral staff aware of that we might pray with you and for you in the week ahead, please do so and drop it in the offering plate at the appropriate time. On the back page of your worship bulletin, you will find announcements about ministry opportunities upcoming. I wanna make you aware of just a few that are happening this week. This Thursday, May 16th at 7.30 in Jubilee Hall, we will have a unique opportunity to practice God's call of loving God and loving neighbor well by breaking fast with our Muslim brothers and sisters for a Ramadan dinner. We will enjoy a program on Ramadan and then um, share a meal together. The event is free and open to all, so registration information is on the back page of your bulletin. Then a week from today, May 19th at 7 p.m. here in the sanctuary, we will gather to connect with one another and enjoy God's good gifts of music at our beloved Americana concert. The concert will feature great American hymns and patriotic favorites, as well as staged and costumed medley from one of Broadway's favorites, Oklahoma. We'll also join together for fellowship and socializing afterwards at an old-fashioned ice cream social. So two events not to be missed. We also want to make you aware that our upcoming starting point class, our membership class, will be June 2nd. Our starting point consists of a welcome lunch with pastors and with staff, followed by welcome in worship the following Sunday. If you are interested in becoming a member of this congregation, I'll direct your attention again to the back page of the bulletin with details about how to sign up. Friends, this is the day that the Lord is still making. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Let us worship holy God this day.
family of faith, as we center ourselves in this holy space, I invite you all to join me in the call to worship printed in your bulletin. How joyful it is to celebrate the good news of God's love. We are called to be Easter people. New life springs forth around us. The earth bears fruit and creation sings. For Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Amen. Let us stand and sing.
friends, the good news is that Christ calls us to new life and enables us to begin again and again and again and again. So friends, hear and believe the good news of the gospel. We are saved by grace through faith. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. As God's forgiven and reconciled people, let us turn to those around us and extend a connection and welcome. See one another, learn each other's names, for that is what it means to be the body of Christ. So friends, the peace of Christ be with you. And also with you. Please pass the peace with your neighbor. in hopes that God might speak to us in a new way. So friends, join me in prayer. O wisdom divine, just as you inspired the mothers of our faith, grant us your knowledge and discernment so that we can learn how to be clever in our compassion and courageous in our faith. Through Christ and in the Spirit. Amen. Good morning. In this Easter season, I think it's good to be reminded that resurrection is not a one-time event, but in fact an ever-present reality. So with that said, we're turning today to a passage from Acts, a lesser-known story of resurrection in the scripture. So listen now for a word from God from Acts chapter 20. On the first day of the week, as we gathered together for a meal, Paul was holding a discussion with them. Since he was leaving the next day, he continued talking until midnight. There were many lamps in the upstairs room where we had gathered. A young man named Eutychus was sitting in the window. He was sinking into a deep sleep as Paul talked on and on. When he was sound asleep, he fell from the third floor and died. Paul went down, fell on him, and embraced him and said, 
Don't be alarmed, he's alive. Then Paul went back upstairs and ate. He talked for a long time, right up until daybreak. Then he left. They took the young man away alive, and they were greatly comforted. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be holy and acceptable to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Last week, I learned a few things about falling. In celebration of my grandfather's 90th birthday, my extended family, including my grandfather, embarked on a bicycle trip across the state of Missouri on the Katy Trail. I'm guessing that a long-distance bike trip is not the way that most people choose to celebrate 90 years on the planet. But biking plays a prominent role in my family, and so we made this journey together. I was pretty nervous heading into the week because I've only really been biking for about a year. I took a long hiatus after childhood from biking, and I only recently started taking spin classes at the Y and making laps around White Rock Lake. But when it came to renting a bike for the trip, I decided to challenge myself and rent a bike with a different kind of pedals. You see, I have some fancy shoes with cleats on the bottom that had only ever seen the inside of the YMCA, and I decided that this trip was the perfect opportunity to use them outside for the first time. If you're a biker, you probably know a thing or two about clipping in. Essentially, to maximize energy and to use all of the muscles in your legs, you wear the fancy cleated shoes that clip into the pedals themselves so that you can both push down and pull up as you pedal the bike. Again, I had only ever used these shoes on a stabilized bike at the YMCA. When it was time to head out on the first day of the trip, I put on my fancy shoes and prepared to mount my bike for the first time. And with the entire family watching, I clipped my left shoe into the pedal, then pushed off the ground with my right foot, clipped my right shoe in, and then proceeded to completely panic. <laughs> my brain failed to communicate with my body, and before I knew it, I was falling sideways into a mushy, soggy patch of grass, all accompanied by the laughter of my more seasoned family members. Let's just say this was the best case scenario. After the initial fall, I more or less got the hang of clipping in, and I kept up with the crowd for a while. I was feeling good. But after a good number of miles, my body was getting fatigued, and I was slowing down to take a break when I struggled to unclip in time to stop on the gravel path. Fall number two. Then, an hour later, while I was mid-conversation with my uncle, who, by the way, did not stop, it happened again. Fall number three. By the end of the first day, I had fallen six times. I thought the second day would be better. But just two miles in, I had my most painful fall of the entire trip. This time, I fell onto concrete, had the wind knocked out of me, and bumped up my elbow. 
and it must have looked pretty bad because a car drove by and rolled down their window in this tiny town in Missouri and yelled, you okay? I was, and I wasn't. Each fall was accompanied by that same slow motion feeling as I watched the ground approaching, feeling helpless and trying to will my feet to unclip themselves from the pedals. And though I walked away with just minor bruises and scratches, it became mentally exhausting to remount the bicycle. And the first few days of the trip became a psychological battle against my own fear of hitting the ground again. Each time I fell, my rhythm was interrupted. Every fall was an interruption. I wonder, when has your life been interrupted? I have to imagine that when Eutychus fell out of that third story window, it was a pretty major interruption. There were folks of all ages from the city of Troas gathered together in the room that day, which gives us a great glimpse of Christian community of the early church gathering. The text says that they ate together, and then they held a discussion with Paul. Paul was the traveling preacher, the bearer and witness to the story of Jesus' life and death and resurrection. Paul was the one who some years before had planted this very Jewish Christian community in Troas as he traveled throughout the region. For this community, it was a pretty big deal to have Paul present with them, to answer their questions and share some wisdom. They wanted to make the most of their time together, even if it meant pulling an all-nighter. To put this story into context, it's important to know that when we reach this point in Acts, the narrative moves quickly from place to place. These are the later days of Paul's missionary travels, and he's seeking to make his way back to Jerusalem in time to celebrate Pentecost, so he's in a rush. In the passages before and after this one, Paul and his fellow travelers move between cities with haste, only staying a day or two in each place. And it's in the midst of this fast-moving travel chapter of Acts in the midst of Paul's hurry to reach his destination, that these five verses appear, serving as a significant interruption to the text itself. The story is a straightforward account of a, miraculously, a miraculous event that's disappointingly sparing in details. Paul preaches for hours. Eutychus falls asleep. Eutychus falls out the window. Eutychus dies. Paul brings Eutychus back to life. Paul eats. Paul continues preaching and then leaves. That's it. But you can see, even in the simplicity of the story, that this event must have been a community-altering interruption. One minute, Eutychus is alive, and the next, he's on the ground, sprawled out on his back, dead. Certainly, the community never anticipated this happening. They may have prepared for a number of circumstances, like running out of food if too many people showed up. They had a plan. Or what to do if a nosy Roman authority stopped by. They had a plan. Or even where to host Paul if he needed to get some sleep. They had a plan. They didn't plan on Eutychus falling out the window. It was a complete interruption. I wonder, 
When have your plans been interrupted by the unimaginable, the unanticipated? We all know what it's like to have our lives interrupted. We know what it's like to face a major disruption to our routine or our rhythm. We know the pain of unexpected death. We know the deep disappointment of realizing that a dream will go unfulfilled. But there's one thing in this life that is certain, it's that our plans will be interrupted. We will inevitably experience things that are completely out of our control. People will die. Dreams will die. Someone will fall out of a window. Just last week, the broader Christian community suffered a major interruption when Rachel Held Evans, a profoundly gifted writer and a prophetic voice in the church, died unexpectedly. She was 37, and she leaves behind her husband and two small children. Rachel Held Evans was a deeply faithful, deeply honest woman who embarked on a journey of faith out of the evangelical church and into the Episcopalian church. In her spiritual wandering and wondering, Evans became a voice for those who have long been hurt or cast aside by the church. She became a champion especially for women and for LGBTQ people, promoting not only their tolerance, but their full inclusion of their gifts and their leadership abilities in the Church of Jesus Christ. If you haven't had the opportunity to explore Rachel Held Evans' writing, you will find within it gifts of wisdom and courage, humor, and humble faithfulness. The unexpected death of a prophet like Rachel is a complete interruption. In the midst of grief and loss, many are turning to Rachel's own words for comfort and hope. My favorite book, of Rachel's is Searching for Sunday, in which she describes leaving her church of origin and finding her way to a new spiritual home, and all of the messiness and pain that comes with that. The very last lines of the epilogue to that book read as follows. Even here, in the dark, God is busy making all things new. So show up. Open every door. At the risk of looking like a fool buried with his feet facing the east, or like a mockingbird singing stubbornly at the night, anticipate resurrection. It's either just around the bend or a million miles away, or perhaps it's somewhere in between. Let's find out together. Talk about poignant. Even here, even now, Rachel says, God is busy making all things new. Even here, as we face Rachel's untimely death, as we know and experience the interruptions of life and all of the pain that comes along with them, even here, God is busy making all things new. It seems that if we take these words to heart, If we learn to anticipate resurrection, either just around the bend or a million miles away, if we recognize that God is busy making all things new, we recognize that the interruptions in our lives, while not the will of God, 
are still places in which God is making all things new. In the case of Eutychus and the interruption caused by his fatal fall from the window, new life comes very quickly. The miracle of bodily resurrection is enacted right then and there in the arms of Paul who rushes down the stairs to hold him. To those gathered, it must have seemed truly astounding to see the frail and battered body of Eutychus come back to life. To see his lungs fill again with air and his eyes flutter open and his fingers and toes begin to wiggle. The mystery of this miracle lies between the verses of the text. So we're left to wonder not only about how Paul brought Eutychus back to life, but also about what that new life looked like. After Paul declares the miracle that he's alive, Paul heads back upstairs to continue preaching. Paul, who by the power of the Holy Spirit resurrects Eutychus, is in that moment the giver of the gift of new life. And he goes on his way to keep preaching. What about Eutychus? The text says that they took him away and were greatly comforted. But we can imagine that though his lungs are filling with air and his eyes flutter open and his toes begin to wiggle, that Eutychus is not the same person as he was just moments before. And as he's taken away, perhaps he's limping. Perhaps he has his arms over the shoulders of those who have pulled him up from the ground. Perhaps he's carried on the back of another. Because the gift of new life is just that. It's new. We don't have the privilege of knowing the rest of Eutychus' story, but we can imagine that like many of us who have faced death and loss, or who have hit rock bottom and somehow climbed back up, that he saw the world completely differently after that fall, after the interruption. And even as he is resurrected, Eutychus likely left with bruises and aches and wounds that took a long time to heal. Reminders of the interruption. In the sparing details of this story, it's also unclear how long Eutychus laid on the ground before he had the strength and support to rise. And so it is that like Eutychus, rising gingerly from the ground in the darkness before dawn, we know that new life is fragile and that it often happens in the dark. We know that new life doesn't always come immediately and that sometimes we have to lie on the ground for a long, long time before we have the strength and support to rise. We definitely know that new life doesn't always happen in the way that we want it to. So of this we can be certain, that our plans will be interrupted, that we will experience things that are completely out of our control. And at the same time, we can be certain that God is always creating new we can be certain that resurrection is happening each and every day. We can be certain that the grace of God is meeting us in every moment, asking only for us to embrace that grace as a gift. I wonder, when have you embraced the gift 
of new life. Sometimes embracing the gift of new life is like putting the bike up, right? Setting your foot on the pedal and propelling yourself into motion, one foot after another, daring to hope that the path will continue a few more miles. Most times, it's much more profound and courageous than that. Even here, in the dark, God is busy making all things new. So show up, open every door, anticipate resurrection. All thanks be to God. Claimed, let us stand and affirm our faith. In the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, God kept God's promises. All that we can ever hope for was present in Christ. But the work of God in Christ is not over. God calls us to hope for more than we have yet seen. The hope God gives us is ultimate confidence that supports us when lesser hopes fail us. In Christ, God gives hope for new heaven and earth, certainty of victory over death, assurance of mercy and judgment beyond death. This hope gives us courage for the present struggle.
we prepare to pray as one voice for our church and for our community and for our world, I would invite you to take note of those joys and concerns that are listed on that back page of your bulletin, that you might remember those members and friends in your prayers in the days and weeks ahead. We also invite you following worship to head through the doors to your left and to stop by the tables that are located just to your left underneath the windows. Those tables contain letters of joy and concern that are mailed to friends of this congregation who are experiencing highs and lows in your signature is a word of grace and joy and hope for them at this time in their lives. Friends, let us go before a loving and gracious God in prayer this morning. Let us pray. Holy God, you gather us as your children. You comfort and hold us in your warm embrace. When we hurt, your arms surround us. When we are afraid, your wings protect us. When we are hungry, you feed us with the bread of life. God, your love has given birth to the whole of creation. It supports and nurtures us in good times and in bad. In the midst of joy and pain, always and everywhere, you never leave or abandon us. God, eternal and loving one, God with a mother's heart, we thank you this day for being part of your family. We offer you praise and thanksgiving for your unfailing presence in our lives and of all the blessings you so generously offer us. This day, O oh God, we pray for mothers. We give thanks for mothers who love and care for their children and who are loved and cared for right back. We also pray for women who have longed for children and don't and cannot have them. We pray for mothers with sick children and children with sick mothers. We pray for mothers with lost children and deceased children, children with lost mothers and deceased mothers. For those who grieve what they had and those who grieve what they've never had. Loving God, we pray for women who are free. We remember this day all the dilemmas and doubts and fears and frustrations, heartache and richness, wonder and sleeplessness of parenting. We lift up to your loving care mothers who parent by themselves. We remember all the women who carefully negotiate life with stepchildren, for women trying to adopt, and those hoping fertility treatments will renew disappointed hope. We pray for those whose children have grown up and moved out, and those whose children have grown up and not moved out. We pray for all the women who mother the children of others. And we pray for women who give birth in every conceivable way to ideas and art, possibility and wonder and joy, to new life in job contexts and in relational ones. On this Mother's Day, we pray with thanksgiving for women. Mothers and grandmothers, sisters, aunts, and friends who have birthed children as well as women who have lived motherhood in broader expressions. 
Lift up to you those who may not have children biologically, but who have loved many, supported many, mothered many. Women who have given birth to creative projects and healing, who have undertaken a journey of new life, new beginnings, birthing something new into your world. Holy God, Mother of us all, we give you thanks this day for your gifts of resurrected life and new promises all around us. Stir in each of us the hope that comes from you when the lesser hopes of this world fail us. Give us courage for the present struggle. Give us courage to show up. Courage to discover the joy of living and loving fully. And hear us now as we pray together the prayer that your Son taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. Thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. This month, our Every Dollar Counts offering, that is those single dollar bills that are placed in the offering plate, goes to benefit the Readers to Leaders program here in Dallas, a literacy program that serves children from kindergarten and elementary school students in the West Dallas neighborhoods here. Readers to Leaders has summer programming in which children have opportunities to go to summer camps the Fort Worth Stockyards, the Trinity River Audubon Center, and the Kids Opera Boot Camp. How fun does that sound? Um, these are opportunities for children to put their reading skills into practice with experiences. Those field trips um, are quite expensive, and opportunities to give this morning will help fund those through PHPC. Friends, let us give generously to the God who's given everything to us. Our morning ties and offerings.
God of great gifts, we give you these gifts today, knowing that you are the giver of all good things. You mother us constantly, providing for us, caring for us, as we have been abundantly provided for. So we give abundantly to the work that you give us to do. Through Christ our Lord we pray. Amen. And now may the love of the faithful creator, the peace of the wounded healer, the joy of the challenging spirit, and the hope of the three in one go with you and encourage you this day and forevermore. Amen. Amen. 